Hello and welcome to this We Did It.Health event. At We Did It.Health, we are working to create a healthy, happy, vegan and plant-based world. We're doing that through building community and offering resources such as today's discussion to help you create relationships where you plant seeds of hopeful curiosity in others when they ask about a vegan or plant-based lifestyle. So be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also invite you to join our Facebook community so you can connect with others and find support and encouragement with like-minded members. My name is Mariquita Solis, or Mariquita Solis, and I'm, a, I'm very excited to welcome my good friend, Tams Nicholson of allcreatures.org to today's program. And so everyone that's watching, please, let us know your comments and questions in the in the chat because we'll be watching those. Um, and I really want to learn from Tams how this connection between the mind-body connection and how we need to keep our mind and body healthy for vegan activism. It's very important and a lot of us don't think about that. So welcome, Tams. Thank you. Thank you so much, Marikita. I'm so honored to be here with you. And I'm excited to talk about this subject because um, fitness and health and well-being is is really central to activism. You're right, it is. And a lot of times we don't think about that. I mean, we think we kind of put ourselves last. We think, well, I don't have time to worry about myself. I don't have time to worry about self-care i don't have time to work out at the gym or work out anywhere or go for a walk and then we're depleting ourselves right and when the walk would be the best thing for us in nature so um so yeah this is a very important subject so i'd like to start out hearing about your journey as a into veganism um well my journey into veganism has been a a lifelong process i think so um when i was young i considered myself someone that deeply cared about the animals. The animals were amazing in my life. They taught me agape love. They helped me through hard times. Um, and I thought I knew what um, care and love was. And then in, in school, you know, I did little things. Like I remember in second grade, I had a petition going for the seals, which was popular at that time. But I never once, um, got the food connection. And I, I remember asking mom and dad, our neighbors had this precious cow who would always give me a giant lick like, like a dog every time I went to visit her. And she was so sweet. And because, um, because of my height and everything at the age, I was looking directly into her beautiful eyes and her eyelashes and touching her body and it was so soft. And I knew she was sentient, but I didn't have any words for that back then. And when I would ask my parents or the neighbors who, who were her stewards, um, they taught me it was the, the process of life, right? It was a circle of life and they, they, taught me that they loved her too, but their loving included killing her so they could eat her. And um, I, because I wasn't born vegan and, and came into it slowly, when I meet other people like that today, um, I just realized they're not on the same part of the path than I am. Fortunately, they have insight that they do feel love and empathy and at least some kind of empathy for the creature. So from that point, 
Um, you know, I was a consumer of meat and um, loved ice cream and um, in my 20s and then in my 30s, um, I wanted to do something really simple. I went back to earn a couple of other degrees and um, I wanted to write a paper about my childhood experiences with creatures. And then um, during the paper, I was doing a lit review and I decided to include some documentaries in my research. And when I watched Earthlings, my life was shattered. Um, and it, I, I remember realizing I, I wasn't a good steward and I knew nothing about um, honoring their dignity and treating them with respect and compassion. I thought I did, but I did not. So I went through this period of figuring out how to be a vegan and I was the only vegan I knew. And this was 15 years ago. I mean, you had social media, but not like today, um, not a lot of meetups. So. I lived, um, I lived in veganism for a, a while by myself. And then social media did make that expansion of friends possible. And ultimately a long and lovely journey since then, being able to honor creation as it is meant to be honored. And being a steward, as I'm called to be a steward because I'm a Christian ethical vegan. And um, now, um, all these years later, leading allcreatures.org, which is the oldest um, Christian uh, vegan animal rights organization in the United States. So I hope that wasn't too long. That's my journey. <laughs> and here I am. <laughs> that's great. No, I'm very glad that you uh, told us about allcreatures.org. I mean, that's a very, very important organization and in, that it's been around so long. It's a wonderful community. So. Yeah, no, thank you for that. And thank you. Um, I see JJ's here, Cambria, Laura. So thanks for coming. And let's see, let's look at Cambria's comment. She said, I've never met a cow in the 28 years, flesh free and 16 vegan. I wish I could afford a sanctuary, a visit to a sanctuary here in Southern California. Well, that's all. I'm sure you'll see one. I'm sure you'll see. It'll be an exciting day, Cambria. Thank you for that. And um, so, yeah, it sounds like she says, when I saw Earthlings, I was already vegan and that film coupled with other struggles sent me into a nervous breakdown due to accumulated traumas. It's yeah. Hard. It's hard. And that's why I think, you know, all the different ways we're vegan are so beautiful because um, there, there are a lot of people that are traumatized by seeing additional violence and what they need is, you know, and I think I, I, I lean toward that myself. And um, my, my way of um, servant leadership toward pre-vegans is more of a, a positive. I'm not talking about sugar coating, but there are so many wonderful benefits to being vegan. I mean, the greatest ones in my eyes are it makes you more peaceful inside and joyful. And then the creatures seem to come to you. I don't know about everyone in the audience but you know we have butterflies come right up to us or you know deer walk up to us or near us and i think the creatures know right <laughs> the health benefits i think so too yeah and she's also saying i love all creatures oh, wow. too that's beautiful yes and so this is very important like we're talking about these traumas and this feeling of sadness so how can 
fitness and, and good health help us? How is all this related? So let's talk about that. Go ahead, Dams. Oh, I'm so excited. So I have been a lifelong amateur bodybuilder and fitness person. And I, I do, um, I do identify with trauma from my, my youth. So I've done some things to enhance that. So I'm uh, certified in somatic attachment therapy because lots of times when people undergo trauma, there's this, um, there's this built-in system that protects us where we sort of disembody to get through the trauma. And then when we get to the other side of that, they can become maladaptive behaviors. And those behaviors prevent us from fully realizing how our body may be speaking to us. And then we're more prone for injury when we exercise or we don't always recognize that we're breathing in a way that's conducive to anxiety or depression or stress. So there's just so, so many ways that the mind-body connection plays into our well-being past what you hear on general media. But I'm sorry, I don't know if I just answered that question, Marikita. <laughs> no, I think you did. Yeah, I love it. Keep going. <laughs> well, um, I, I'd love to share th three points to the audience today, and um, please, please direct me. But I think the first one I want to talk about is um, the mind-body connection, and I just for our audience, I've just, I'm in Chicago. We just finished uh, attending the Parliament of the World Religions where um, I, I spoke at one of the events and it was well attended by all vegan leaders. Um, they flew in from other countries. We had plenty of representation from the United States, but I'm sharing all that because I'm sitting in an Airbnb, right? So I have the glasses going because the light's not all that great. Um, well, thank you for your commitment to us. A few notes because I want to share so much. Um, so the importance of the mind-body connection and honoring ourselves. I mentioned that, but I want to start in, in the ways that we can actively do things without any resources or without any money because that's a hindrance for a lot of people. So physically, um, what our bodies need to really function well are three simple things. They need us to have proper sleep and they need proper nourishment and they need exercise. So sleep is something that some of us do very well, others do not. I know um, when I lay my head on the pillow, I'm asleep in like five minutes, but that only comes if I have exercised and, and eaten something that nourishes me. If I'm like traveling and I eat too much junk food or I go too far from my practice, I don't sleep as well. So we can see the interconnectedness of all these things and, and how they matter. And I, I want to touch on a point that was with me as a young vegan. I felt terribly guilty after I knew how the creatures were treated. I didn't want to stop. I wanted to go 24-7, right? Because it's like, oh my gosh, they're suffering, they're suffering, they're suffering. I've got to stay awake and do this and this and this. And, and what I did ultimately was I was headed in a really bad direction. Had I stayed in that direction and not remembered my practices, I think I would have burned out. And I think that's what can happen to a lot of people. Or we see so much, we see so much um, just violence in other people that we want to isolate. It's like, oh, humans are, are horrible. Well, while human behavior is horrible, the humans aren't horrible. They're just really, they've been led astray. 
have been led astray by society and this enculturation of violence. So humans, in my view, in my perception, the way I maintain my health is I see humans as good, then they're just really misled. So behave, their behavior is not acceptable, just like my former behavior was not acceptable. But that helps me be able to stop and realize I have to care for myself because my self-care is my behavior, right? And if I don't take proper time, I won't be good to anybody. And I'll be, I'll isolate and I'll think, you know, the world's a horrible place. And then that, that's a barrier. Um, so that's the physical part. And the, the eating part is easy, right? Because, you know, the world is full of vegan food now. We can be junk food vegans. We can be whole food vegans. We can be raw vegans. Um, I think we have to find that balance. I know some people are very strict, and that's that's great. But when you're, I don't find that to be a reality for me. I try to eat whole food most of the time. But if I'm going out with someone and we're having a wonderful dessert, I'm going to allow myself to have that dessert. Or if I'm on the road and I'm in the airport all day and I can't find anything but you know, vegan junk food, I'm going to eat vegan junk food. But ultimately, I habituate back to whole foods because for me, that's what makes my body feel the best. And I know. I know what you mean. Exactly. Because I'm traveling too. And I just want to say, I do that. And like, we had some vegan apple pie last night. And, you know, I woke up and I could feel my fingers kind of aching. You know, I can feel it. And I know it's from like this processed food that I don't normally eat. So I love that. But realistically, right? And some of us, it's hard for us, you know, just to keep adding that whole food as much as we can, right? And be gentle with ourselves, right? This, this mindset is so important that you're sharing. So thank you. Thank you. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to talk. This, this is just such, I mean, talk so much. This is just such a passion of mine because it changed my life. I came out of trauma as a child to end up a really healthy and and um, confident and full of energy adult at this age. And now I am, you know, 57 years old and I feel, I feel so much better than I did in my 20s and 30s. It's really remarkable. And I wasn't expecting that because I, I went vegan for ethical reasons, right? I had no right. idea to feel this great. <laughs> right. And yeah. Yeah. So keep going. I love it. Okay. Um, let me just look at my points again. Okay, so the next part I want to talk about in the mind-body connection is um, is the spiritual part. Now, we all view spirituality in, in different means. It doesn't have to be religious. But the way I want to say this to the audience, who is, I'm sure, very diverse, is spirituality, I think, is a connection with our innate sense of how the world was created. So if you believe, I believe in the Trinity, you know, I believe in Lord, you know, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. But that's just my my belief. If you believe that, you know, um, like a Native American belief, or maybe you are Hindu or a Buddhist or anything else, whatever resonates in your heart, that is the spirituality that you need to honor, right? And you need to allow the time in your life 
whether it be daily or weekly, or maybe a few times a week, for that to take place. Because that is part of health. And without it, we lose our connection. So for me personally, I trained under Richard Rohr and others, so I have sort of an Eastern-Western balance, and Jim Finley was great. So I do everything from walking meditations to uh, yoga. Um, I, I do a lot of breathing, pranayama, and also basic you know, bodybuilding exercise. So for me, and prayer is movement for me too. So standing as a tree or standing within nature and just kind of flowing or touching trees when I walk through the forest and saying, I'll silently say, peace be with you, peace be with you. That is a type of spirituality. It doesn't matter what religion you are, find your own and honor your truth. Um, and then the last thing is emotionally. So if you um if you have trauma in your past and there is a um and there is a tendency to disconnect one you, you have to honor the healthy part of disconnecting so for example if you're introverted and like i tend to be introverted but i've spent a week with eight thousand people i presented i've been with some of the movers and shakers of this vegan movement um lisa from in defense of animals uh silish um so many others and it's been like non-stop and here i am an introvert so how can how can i honor that that might mean that in between the session, I go for a walk or I, I take a, a two minute meditation, or maybe I need to get up a little bit earlier and and just think or write in my journal or you just honor your yourself in emotionally healthy ways. And then if you have a tendency from trauma to do things that you realize aren't healthy, um, there, there are plenty of resources for that Soma somatic um, attachment therapy is all about reconnecting recognizing yourself and um may i show you something really simple marikita that anybody can do sure so if if you sort of disconnect with yourself and i mean it manifests in a lot of ways some people um, get an upset stomach without realizing it others get headaches some don't feel like they're in their body some can't feel things like um, they might not feel uh, that their back is hurting or sometimes your feet and or hands fall asleep there's all sorts of ways it manifests so something really simple you can do and you can do this anywhere. I've even done it in meetings and nobody really notices it. So there's a, a breathing technique. It's called the four square. So it's very, very simple. You breathe in for four seconds and then you hold that breath for four seconds. You exhale for four seconds and then you hold that. So you can do this cycle. And if you do it once and not that's too much it makes you feel dizzy or strange stop and go down to two seconds this is the practices you will develop to be healthy this is, is a practice you will develop to be healthy so do do it at a point that's right for you to start but as you're doing this square breath 
you simply, and if you're by yourself, you can maybe touch your head. It's like, okay, there's my head. I feel it. I'm reconnected with my head. And then you can touch your shoulders and your arms. And touching is actually a technique that helps us reground to ourselves. And nurses sometimes use this technique to take and um, help them through really, really bad ER situations or others. Sometimes they carry something in their pocket, like in my pocket right now. I have, I have this stone, which we found the other day. And that just, that helped me ground through moments when I felt was very stressful. So and then you just simply go through your entire body. Now, if you're in a meeting, you're obviously not going to be touching yourself. So, so, so you'll just have, but you can do little things like you can blink your eyes intentionally, or you can shift the way your mouth is, maybe smile a little bit, or, you know, just work the muscles of your face. And then you can lift your shoulders slightly. You can do it sitting anywhere and nobody will notice. And and you can, like, you just, you did a stretch. That's great. If, if you can afford to do a stretch somewhere, that's a way of working the entire upper body. And you can stretch your legs too. You know, those things people don't really notice. They just think you're shifting. But you're actually regrounding yourself. And then by practicing that again and again, you'll recognize when things are tightening. Like for me, my shoulders tight, tighten when I, I'm stressed. So if I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I've gotten all tight and I don't know it, then I can do other things with my toolbox to help. And I'll share some of those resources in a little bit. Thank you. You're right. No, I do that. I, I, I've become, I become more mindful, right? So I definitely will take a deep breath or just say, I'll just say to myself, be aware, right? Be aware of what's going on here, right? And, and then sometimes I feel overwhelmed and I really try to say, okay, I'm going to send myself some compassion. I see that I'm overwhelmed and I, everything's fine. I'm here to support, right? And so, yeah. Gentleness. And then I put my hand on my heart, you know, just say, hey, yes. right? Yes. That's and beautiful. I love what you're saying. And th this is a great grounding exercise. I'm so glad you mentioned that because you can usually feel your heartbeat if you hit the right spot. Now, if your heart's racing, it can be kind of scary to feel that, but still it allows you to recognize, oh my gosh, my heart is racing. You know, and I think... For people that have panic attacks, that, that's a very scary feeling. But if we recognize it, it's just a reaction that our body is having. Um, it doesn't eliminate the panic attack, but it, it makes you realize your body is just coping the very best way it knows how right this moment. And if you can share, if you can share things like that with people around you that you're comfortable and safe with and don't make you feel overly vulnerable, it's nice to have a, a layer of protection if, if that's possible. It's not always possible. But it's, a, but it's beautiful and aware and awareness and kind to yourself. I mean, that's what we're talking about. You know, this inner fitness that we have to be aware of. Would, should I go on to the next point? Is that all right? Ready. I'm ready. <laughs> um, so I, I wanted to share some resources with everybody because here's my thoughts on a gym. I, I've been like a gym, a gym person for years. Um, and then 
I didn't have access. Or I remember when I first started out, I was really, really uncomfortable. I haven't had a gym membership now in, I don't know, like four or five years. I have instead incorporated um, inexpensive tools off of Facebook Market and other places that act as, as my gym, but one doesn't even need that. I mean, literally, you don't even need a yoga mat. You, you, there are so many ways of working the body. And I just want to touch on a few of them. And I've tried to list only free things to make it easy. Um, so wherever you are and however you feel, um, you can take action if you'd like to. The first one is one of my favorites. Um, there's a gentleman known as the Iceman, right? Wim Hof. And um, I'm Southern, so that's the way I pronounce his name. Um, <laughs> and he has what's called the Wim Hof Method. And it's free and it's online. So if you just Google Wim Hof and it's W-I-M and then his last name is H-O-F Method, you will find his website, and he—he's um, a really wonderful soul. He—he um, he lost someone to suicide, uh, his partner, very young, and he wanted to find a way to help people re-energize their bodies and not, you know, and help them avoid suicide. And that's how he started all these years ago. Then he ended up um, winning all of these. Um, awards for being able to do the coldest things and the longest things. And then they started looking at him scientifically and his method lowers inflammation and it calms people and it brings them a lot of peace. So he has three main points, breathing and then um, coldness, exposure to coldness, and then the power of intention. So if you go on his website, you can, you can sign up. He has a, a program that's free and will take you through those steps in a video format. I, I can tell you that the cold portion of this changed my life. Um, I started doing the cold showers during the pandemic. And you don't don't just go like jump in the shower after this. There's a, a way that you <laughs> take your body into this state and it reduces inflammation. It calms, it calms some of your systems down. So you're more in tune and relaxed, and there's also more blood flow. So that's one. Um, there's an app called Prana Breathing, P-R-A-N-A, and that is also a free app, I think, for both Android and Apple. And I, I was fortunate enough to use it right after it came out. I think it's about 10 or 12 years now. Um, but breathing is remarkable. One, it creates better blood flow. Two, it calms your entire nervous system. Three, when we are anxious, we tend to breathe shallowly, and that just perpetuates the anxiety. And there's another element for depression as well. But breathing is something we all do, and there's no getting around it. So we might as well play with it and find ways that it can enhance our lives. And I, I couldn't live without my breathing practices now. Um, and then the third one I want to mention is that our posture can really, really, <laughs> we both sit right up. Our posture can really um, play with blood flow to our brains. 
and there are chiropractors talking about this, right? And I, I didn't really ever give it any thought. I have a spinal fusion, so I've always tried to work with my posture. But when the pandemic hit, I was like hunched over my phone for, as we all were inside and isolated. And I noticed that I was, I felt brain fog and different things. And for me, it seems like when my posture is better, I don't experience that. And there's a lot of free YouTube videos of real medical doctors that have made this stuff available for those of us free. One of the ones I like the most is called Back Intelligence. So they just have a, a large number of videos one can look at to work on posture. And what happens for me is the muscles right in the center of my back get very tight. And they're really simple. You can hold your arms up like this and do that. But your body needs to be in alignment before you're doing that. And I'll take you through all of that. Posture is important. And then um, also um, a lot of people like to do intermittent fasting. And that, that can be helpful. Um, if you've never heard of it, what it does is allows your digestive system to rest for a little bit. So you're eating within a time window. And then the rest of the time, you're just giving yourself a break. And there's all there's ratios. A lot of people, you know, eat for like six or eight hours a day, and then they don't eat the rest of the day. Um, all sorts of things you can do. And our society kind of teaches us to eat really often. And if we eat too close to bedtime, then we sometimes compromise our sleep because our digestive system is still full blast it's like we got to process all this food you know so we're going to divert some of your deepness of sleep to actually you know using it to digest so i i find i wake up more when i eat later at night i really there's a correlation no i i agree with you that just happened to me a lot of things you're saying just happened to me that i felt brain fog for almost a week of headaches. And I thought, what is going on? Number one, I thought that, that I've got too much stress, right? So I thought, okay, I've got to be aware. I've got to start breathing, slowing down, you know, slowing down my body, start to breathe quietly and calmly and just, and then go out in nature. And then also the eating too late at night. One, one night I ate late. Then I, of course I was eating junk. My fingers were hurting and I was awake all night and it was just poor choices, but that's okay. Because again, I'm human and that was a poor choice and I've learned from it now. And then I'm really getting a great second learning here or probably billionth learning, but you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> because life is always teaching us the lessons, whether we listen or not, but I am listening very well to you, Tams. So thank you well thank you thank you for this opportunity and i i can tell you um i think the little things well you know we we're so busy often many of us activists um that i think we don't often realize how the little things are so important to our well-being so if if we're like skipping over you know, one or two of these, it's fine, right? But if, if we're repetitively doing these things, we don't recognize that we might be tearing ourselves down. And society doesn't teach us any of this. It's like, okay, here's all this 
food, you know, now, now, now here's all this great vegan food, you know, let's eat to your heart's content. And, um, because you're vegan, you know, you're, you're just going to be more in shape and more healthy. And while all of those things are true, it still doesn't eliminate our responsibility to take care of ourselves. Um, so it's, it's kind of a, a mixed signal and I'm, I'm really happy to be vegan and be able to eat junk, junk food. Right? <laughs> but, <laughs> But I, I don't want to do it to my detriment. Right. So, yeah, you don't want to hurt yourself. I mean, it's everything. I mean, it's all good, you know, in small quantities, of course, as long as we get back on track. And yeah. So um, I just want to, if, if I may touch on some really simple things, probably everyone in the audience already knows, but um, sometimes it's just nice to hear them. So if you're looking for exercises to do alone or for free, I think um, one of the most overlooked and best exercises is simply walking, right? So if, if you think about a smoker, um, they usually have to go outside and take a break to smoke cigarettes at work or, or whatever the situation when they can't smoke inside. And they they, um, they have an addiction to cigarettes usually, but it's, they're doing something positive, which is they're stepping away from the stimuli that they needed a break from. So I find that I tend, I'm not a smoker, but I do tend to stress eat occasionally, like, or sometimes if I have a presentation or meeting or something coming up, I'll, I'll be craving something sweet. And that's fine as long as I haven't had sweets all morning. But the other thing I can do that basically you, you can do anywhere is walk. You know, um, I've walked, I used to walk inside at my old facility um, when it was pouring rain. We, we had a circular way you could just walk through all the offices. And, you know, um, no, no need to be embarrassed or anything. They, they quickly acclimate to the fact that you're trying to take care of your health. And within just a couple of weeks of me doing that inside, I had several people walking with me. Right? So, so <laughs> never, never be embarrassed about the need to take care of yourself and, and look for things that are within your reach. Because I, I think the heart of my presentation is true trying or and this isn't a presentation but the heart of my interview with marikita today is everything is accessible right you don't have to have money you don't have to do this with other people you don't have to have any certain level of confidence um but it is all still available to you so, so walking is one and then simply stretching and you can almost do that anywhere as well at your desk um and once again, Google is a great friend in this one resources on YouTube, how to stretch at your desk. There are yoga chair programs if you want to do that. Sometimes if you can pop your shoes off, you can, like I'm sitting Indian style right now, I, I love to do that. Um, just simple little things that are so easy to forget and sound silly when they're said out loud because it's like, yeah, well, I, I walk and I stretch. But do you? <laughs> do you really intentionally do these things? Or do you just do them when your body can't stand it? <laughs> um, 
think I picked everything. Oh, do something from childhood that you love. That was my last bullet. So for me, um, I love to roller skate, right? And this is very silly. I don't think anyone knows about me, this about me, and I'm going to announce it on, you know, live stream, but I love to hula hoop, right? So I have a hula <laughs> Don't do that one outside, right? <laughs> like the living room. <laughs> But it brings me joy. So what, what kind of movement can you incorporate into your fitness routine that brings you joy? Because basically any kind of movement brings health. You're stimulating your, your blood flow. You're moving parts of your body that would be still otherwise or stressed. And sometimes when we do these gentle movements, we recognize that maybe we're tighter than we think we are. Um, I know if I went to Arizona for six weeks and I rode a bicycle uh, because it was in, in the place where I was staying. So I ended up riding about between six and 30 miles a day. That was my entire fitness routine. I had limited time. So I gave up the yoga for that period and all, all the other things. And that's the other point I wanna make because some people hate rigidity and they think Fitness is rigidity, like, oh my gosh, I've got to get up before work every morning and X, Y, and Z. And they do it for a few weeks and then they fail because they just hate the routine. But that's not, that's not necessarily fitness. Fitness is building things into your practice that work for you. And for me, um, there are certain days where I just want to go lift. And I have my own home weights. I've acquired them all used and inexpensively. And I can go lift, you know, up to like 100 pounds. And um, it's, it's a remarkable feeling to feel the release after you work your body in a way that's right for you. Yeah, you're right. And, and when I was really going to the gym every day, or not, not necessarily even going to the gym, but working on machines, I felt I felt more empowered, right? I didn't feel as afraid when I go out. Like, not that I'm walking around afraid, but if it was dark or something at night, you know, I, I would feel better about like being able to take care of myself. And that was always very important. So, I love that. And and, and we have another great um, another friend is Angela Fischetti, who is uh, is helping also with fitness and. And the elderly, you know, our elderly people that need help at, at any age, we can do this. And so I love the ideas of walking. I mean, I do that. I have my dog here that maybe you can hear him whining. <laughs> so he's like, he wants to go for the WALK. So he's like, I'm tired of this live stream. Let's go outside. But anyway, yeah. But so walking, I do that. And I was thinking about how the roller skating is so funny because at church, on one week, they said, we want you to do something that you did as a child, right? And bring that back. And it was, I said, I'm going to go roller skating. And so that was so funny that you said that because I love roller skating too. So, and that's a lot of movement. Another thing I like to do is, um, there's, I can't remember. I want, well, there's a dancing, like, like get online. I mean, I, I learned that kind of during COVID watching the dancing and then just get up and dance with, uh, with the people online that they're in new, they're instructors on there and they have fun dances, you know, and I, it's just me, nobody's watching. So, <laughs> and, but that's a great exercise for me. They have little 30 minutes dance routines and it's really 
I was very challenged to learn the steps and to really get into, you know, the whole thing. It's, it was so much, it's mental exercise and physical exercise and fun at the same time. So these are great tips that you're giving. You know, we want to get out there and we don't want it to be drudgery. Oh, now I got to go to the gym. <laughs> you yeah. know, we want it to be something fun, right? So these are very important things you're sharing. And you know, too, what you mentioned about feeling more empowered afterwards, that's because exercise stimulates brain chemistry, right? So it, it, um, it releases dopamine, it releases other um, brain chemicals that give us this natural feeling of confidence and support. It can help ease depression and anxiety. It's, it's just amazing. Our, our bodies are so wonderfully made, right? So here we have all these, these tools internally that aren't talked about like they should be because, you know, like Big Pharma needs to promote all the drug use and, you know, Big Ag wants you to overeat and or eat, you know, violently. Um, when the truth is we're really pretty amazing on our own. And when we add, you know, veganism into that mix, it's just amazing. It is amazing. And I can tell you um, from my experience of meeting older vegans that I think it just gets better in time. Like our founder, he's in his 80s. He's recently remarried because Mary passed away a few years ago. Mary was his, his lifelong companion. Now he's married to Heidi. And to see the two of them together, you know, I mean, when I go visit, we're like out taking these super long walks and we're laughing and giggling. And, you know, I mean, Frank and Heidi are like, you know, someone in their 40s and they're in their 80s. You know, what great examples we have as vegans to look forward to as long as we're willing to do the due diligence now of taking a little bit care of our health. We can't just totally rely on veganism. We have to do the proper things to secure our health. But I can't, I can't wait. You know, I'm engaged right now and we're both in our 50s. So that, that's us 30 years from now, like taking long walks and giggling and laughing. I mean, how cool is that? That's not what traditional society teaches about 80 year old people. You know? <laughs> You're right. And we got to keep moving, right? So yeah, that, that's very interesting. And, I, and I'm with my boyfriend now camping and we're talking about tent camping, right? And so I was like, just doing all this, you know, I mean, exercise and putting the tent together and moving. And then like we brought the, the, that little, what's it called? A mall, a mall, I think, or something, you know, to yeah. cut wood, if we did, oh. could cut wood, like, and so I, I enjoy that and, and lifting and moving and it's, and being out in nature, right? I mean, this is like a connect, it's all connected. We're connecting, you know, the physical with the mental and the nature and the animals and the whole everything. It's all holistic. And so there's not one part that doesn't help the other. I mean, you know, that doesn't support the other here. And, you know, you're right about the dopamine rush, right? When we're really, I used to get the runners high. I used to go running with my dog every morning for 30 minutes. And so I think this was, there were times when I was, I guess, 
like in college and, and drinking a lot. So I would have a hangover, right? The typical college kid. <laughs> but I still would get up. I don't know how I did it. I still would get up and run in the morning, which was amazing that I would do that. But it really helped. Uh, the poor choice that I had made the night before, it helped my body, right, to, to heal instead of just guzzling a, a soft drink, right, which, you know, or eating a big old greasy thing of pizza, you know, and the running and the stimulation of every cell of your body. You know, when we think about it, all of ourselves want to move and we have to be active, right? And it's exciting. It is. It is. And I think um, it's a true gift. It's a gift of being a vegan. You know, otherwise we would have been on a much different tra trajectory. Um, yeah. You're right, definitely. Yeah, it, there is the gift of being a vegan. That's more connectedness than, I mean, we're more connected to every living being, every living energy, every living presence with, with that. And so we really, I mean, we're elevated and we should celebrate that about ourselves. It is tr truly, truly a gift. And when you said that about nature, it reminded me of something I neglected to mention earlier about the spirituality. So uh, Richard Rohr, uh, some of you may have heard of him. Um, my introduction to Richard was twofold. Um, my spiritual advisor introduced me to him in person, which was a real treat. And then I listened to his um, one of his very early, early recordings before the Center for Action and Contemplation was doing it more professionally as they are now but he talked about nature was the first scripture so if you're any religion that has scripture his understanding was nature was that first scripture and it still is for the creatures right and they they know the loving kindness and peace and and mercy and grace that we we as human beings um are supposed to be bestowing on them and that their creator is bestowing upon them. So I, I just find nature is a complete renewal for me because you have the movement and then you have the renewal of my introverted self where I don't have to be with a tremendous amount of people. And then you have the physical movement. Um, it's just the whole package. And now that doesn't work for everyone, but it works for me. Right. Yeah. And, you're right. Connecting back with nature and grounding, you know, just the presence of touching a tree. Like when I hug a tree, yes, you know, the, the tree hugger. But when I do that, I feel empowered. I feel the strength of the tree. You know, it's it's so I mean, it really elevates my soul. So I think it's beautiful. I mean, and that's free. <laughs> of course, we're talking about easy and free. Right. So and even when I'm I'm driving home, sometimes I see the wind blowing the trees and I say hi, trees, you know, and I wave back to them. So I, I think all this is free. We don't have to, you know, and it's we don't have to force ourselves into anything. We just have to be mindful of newness, the new ways to elevate fitness, you know, the holistic fitness and being the mind, you know, the mind, body, spirit, the whole connection, the physical and the mental, right? And enjoy, like I'm enjoying cutting this wood, right? I'm enjoying carrying these, this, these water jugs, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thriving and I'm happy that I'm able to do that, right? So I have friends, a couple of best friends that have passed away, very young, one in her thirties from Crohn's disease. 
um, and another in his 50s from atherosclerosis. And so, yeah, so I'm, I've been given the gift of life and I love my friends and what I've learned for their passing, how I can really elevate my health and, and, and to really acknowledge the blessing of fitness and health, you know, and, and, and knowing that it is a gift every day. It is. And I, I'm so sorry for your losses, Mary I'm so sorry. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's hard. You know, it's like you just never know, you know. So we have to take, you know, I mean, be grateful for every day and every person, everyone that touches our souls. Yes. And I I just um, I want to touch on one point you made. So mm -hmm. when we go back to chopping wood or carrying water, ultimately it's done one of two ways is done when we're fully embodied and we're thinking about how we're holding the axe or maul or, or whatever um, and executing the movements with intention or um, and I, I just want to bring this point home one more time or as activists I think we often rush ourselves right because we, we feel the need to do so much so we don't do proper alignment of our bodies and we you know and we there's a tendency to hurt hurt oneself and and just i encourage everyone to find their own mindfulness practice so you can keep trying to tie back into your body as much as you can to prevent injury um because we we are given that choice we are we're very fortunate to have free will and be able to do these things. It's just a matter of practice. So if I may, I'd like to end on practice. I, I know um, I have a few minutes left. So we've talked about a lot of different things today and maybe you don't have a practice or maybe you'd like to develop your practice further. My suggestions and helpful tips for this are as follows. One, um, in the excitement of wanting to do something new, oftentimes we do too much of it, right? So, you know, it's like the New Year's resolution kind of scenario. You're going to get up and you're going to do X, Y, and Z every day. And because you haven't done it yet, every day seems really doable. And then when you start doing it, you realize, well, well my gosh, this is challenging. So, a way I've tricked myself over the years and I've come to love this is I do too little to start with, right? I, I want to create a desire to go back again and again and again. So when I start anything, any new practice, I only allow myself to do that for a couple of minutes, right? And that, that might seem ridiculous, but I, I long for it the next day. And then because I'm taking it slower, I find my balance. I find like, okay, I'm at five or 10 or 15 or 20 minutes now a day. Wow, that, that's probably where, where I should stay. And then I can maximize the time within that period. It's, say if, you know, after a month of experimenting with time frames, I decide that practice X, I want to do that for 10 minutes a day. Then I can look and do a little research and study and determine the very best practices, a practice within a practice that I can use for that. And then there's more experimenting, right? Because I want to try all these different ways of doing it. And ultimately, I think that if you take it 
if you try it like this, you, you end up one, you, you know more than if you would just jump into doing something and do it to exhaustion and then end up really frustrated. Two, you'll learn what you don't like as well as you do. And three, from going extremely slow to start with, you, you long for it because if it feels good after a minute, you're more likely to return than if you do something for half an hour, you're rushing through traffic and you're like, oh, this is just really a burden, a burden to me. So that's a small step suggestion. Um, and then I want to say variety is my other tip. Um, you want to create things that are joyful instead of dreadful. And for me, um, I like to do a lot of things. So I need a lot of variety in my exercises. I, I wish you could see my home gym. I, I, I had so hoped to be able to stream from there. But I had picked up a, a ballet bar for $25 off of Facebook, which is a wonderful stretching tool for your arms and your legs. And the lady just happened to have the original DVD with it. Um, I have a bench. I have about up. Altogether, I can lift 100 pounds of weights at once. So I, ha I have just a standard bar, but I also have hand weights. So if I am doing something new, I start really low, like with three pounds or five pounds, because the first thing a person can do is perfect the movement. If I'm going to lift up over my head, then I want to perfect my posture, right? Going back to breathing and blood flow and really the confidence. So posture first, lifting second. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. So variety, posture, and lifting. And last is create something that is joyful to you. If you create something that you hate, you might be able to push through it. Um, I know a lot of people that do that. They do routines that are really um, hard and they are taxed to the max, but that doesn't work for all of us. So for those of us that find that to be overwhelming, um, you can create a joyful routine. That's perfectly acceptable. <laughs> you know, people don't talk about that very much. So those are my tips. <laughs> Well, those are great points. Yes, and exactly. Create a joyful routine that's for you and take it slow. I love that. Take it slow and look, maybe this isn't right. So just watch and discover. So yeah, this is beautiful. And uh, wow. So and also let me just tell y'all, please subscribe and that we've got Angela Fischetti on Wednesday, this coming Wednesday at seven. So please, if you're enjoying Tams and we take it up, we'll go another notch with Angela. And um, so Tams, tell everyone where they can connect with you. I'm so grateful for all this new knowledge that I have. I mean, about the, I wrote some, a little bit of notes, the prana breathing and then the Wim Hof. <laughs> so I'm going to be looking up this. And so where can people connect with you, Tams? Well, um, uh, all creatures. Uh, so it's all dash creatures.org and I, i'm sorry i didn't have like a powerpoint that i could have shown all the resources you're welcome to email me i'll be glad to create a list and send them to you there are so many um so it's simply tams t-a-m-s at all dash creatures.org and just put something in the subject line like follow up from live stream with marikita or, or something so i recognize it's from this I am. I so appreciate this opportunity to share, Marikita. This is in my heart. I want to find a way. Um, I just 
gra graduated with my certification from somatic ther uh, attachment therapy training, I want to find a way to be able to give this these some of these practices away for free. I didn't talk about any of them today. They're they're an entirely different part of this. I'm just sharing about my personal practices. Okay. Well, thank you. We'll have to have you back as a guest or maybe a presentation, you know, that would be great. So, but yeah, this has been very informative and I just am honored for Cambria, Cambria, Cambria and everyone that's been watching, Kathy Peters and, and um, oh, hi, we got JJ. <laughs> yeah, and JJ and who else was there? Um, Low Raw. So yes, and everyone else watching, thank you so much. And please share this video. All this information is precious and can help the world. So thank you again, Tams. And namaste vegan, everyone. Bye-bye, <laughs> everybody.